Well, this morning, uh, we have a treat uh, for you. We are actually uh, going to be having a message that is shared with you uh, from Frank Broyles and myself. Um, unfortunately, Frank, as you'll hear in a moment, uh, Frank is in Alabama today, but Frank didn't want to miss the opportunity to share with you and to share with me. And so I invited Frank, and earlier this week, he and I recorded a message uh, for you on the Enneagram to wrap up this whole thing, to talk about application and all the stuff that we've been learning. Some of you have been with Frank on Wednesday nights and been sharing with him. And so uh, this is an opportunity for those of you who didn't get to know Frank to hear him. Uh, but Frank is, is just a, a neat guy, and I'm so glad that I get to introduce you to him. So he's going to speak for a few minutes, and then I'll wrap it up after that. So uh, here now is my conversation on the Enneagram uh, with Frank Broyles. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm here with Frank Broyles. And uh, Frank, welcome. Uh, glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of uh, our community for the last couple of weeks and uh, really being a part of our church for the last two years because you helped with our session and, yes, um, and now doing stuff with our with our growth groups and, and now preaching with me. So welcome. Uh, how about that? Uh, glad you're here. And uh, of course, I'm not here this morning, but I am. I'm preaching in Alabama that's, this morning. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we're recording this ahead of time. Of course. And I'm so glad that you could do that. Um, so welcome. I, I want to start by asking you to share a little bit about how you got involved with the Enneagram because uh, some might not know and not yes, know what you right. shared, shared with folks on Wednesdays. I was aware of the Enneagram as a tool for personal growth and somewhat spiritual growth about 15 years ago, but it took a crisis in my life mm. for me to discover the Enneagram as a, as a tool that's transformative and moves into the spiritual part very powerfully. So after this crisis, I came to use it as a tremendously helpful tool for me to transform from what I was living into more of my, what we call the false self. Hmm. I've lost touch with who I really was in Christ. Not totally lost touch, I still had it, but something was missing. And the Enneagram as a tool helped me to realign with God, the scriptures, and the good life, the abundant life that Jesus promised. So then I started using it with people in various groups and over 500 now, including the people said, yeah. from this church. So, uh, so it's a great tool and it's uh, so, I'm glad to be a part of helping others discover it as a tool. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. It's um, it's been good for us as mm -hmm. a church. We've been doing this. Uh, we've talked a lot as a congregation. I don't know who from our congregation has uh, taken the test yet. There might be people listening right now who mm -hmm. have taken the test or maybe not taken the test. But um, we have the test available. Should anybody want to do it, it's online. Mm -hmm. So please feel free. Even today, uh, you can still do that. Mm -hmm. But we've been taking the, the exam, the the quiz the inventory so that we can kind of get to know our base number, right? right? But one of the things that we have not done a lot of, and mm -hmm. I think you've been doing it on Wednesdays, mm -hmm. but I'd love for you to share with us here, can you tell us a little bit about the wings? Yeah. What, what are the wings and how do they work? And uh, can we put this up on the screen now yeah, to take yeah, a look at? Yeah, we can. Take a look at the numbers. So we've got the nine numbers, and again, uh, everyone is a primary style or type. Some call it archetypes. The, the problem with the term type is it becomes a label. And people might go, well, I'm a one. Well, you're primarily a one in your identity stream is what I call it, but you're other things too. So let's say you discover that you are a two. Okay. You're a helper. Uh, you like to help people. You care about them. Uh, just something in you wants to help others and care about them. That's good. But at times, you as a two, as a person with that primary, primary identity stream, will kind of lose a sense of yourself and you won't properly take care of yourself. Okay. The great commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Uh, love God with all you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Self-care and self-regard are critical in the Christian walk. So the reformer wing, two is the type we're talking yep. about. Yep. 
the reformers won. Therefore, if I can kind of balance my primary identity stream with that stream, I go, yeah, I care for others, but I've got to care for myself. Proper ethics, proper integrity, boundaries, mm. so I can lean into my two, two style and balance one, number one to balance my two. Okay. And let's say number two, I care for people, I love them, but what about me and trying to achieve the best I can do for God? Well, lean into your three, which is the achiever. Okay. That's how it works with the wings, so it helps to balance and complete the type. And kind of like our primary number, yeah. the wings are also usually primary. We usually go towards one, one or, or the, the other. other. Right? And that sometimes varies in life. Some people believe that the wings vary a lot in life. I'm one that okay. thinks that you're primarily one wing most of the time. Okay. But don't get stuck in any of this. See, growth is the key. I agree. Not stuck, growth. Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. Now, we've been talking about the wings, um, and if we can put that, I don't know if the image is up now, but if it's up there, the, this image with the circle has all these lines to it, that's right? Right. This is, right? And this one we haven't really talked a lot about as a church, right? But I wanted to kind of delve into this a little bit mm -hmm. because if you look, the two, for example, kind of goes, and there's a connection between the eight and the four, or you and I have talked a lot, we're both yeah. sevens. Yeah. And so that's a, maybe, maybe a natural place for us to look. The seven right. with the one and the five. Can you explain how those are connected and what and that these is? Are, you've got the wings and then you've got what are called lines of integration and growth and lines of stress or disintegration. Let's say growth and stress. Okay. So I'm a seven. Okay. Abundance of life. Go for it. Carpe diem. <laughs> Seize the good life. Uh, go for the possibility. Spread yourself all through the creation. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds Probably, good. Well, it sounds great to those of us <laughs> that are sevens. That's right, yeah. But sometimes we who are sevens get a little overboard. I can't speak for you now, Doug. A <laughs> they, little they overboard can. with, with vision, and there's too much, too much Doug in front. We've got to slow down. There's just too much here. Uh, and so I think, okay, I'm overdoing it. So I go towards my one, which is my reformer streak, and I try to tighten down okay. and go, quit, Frank. You're spreading yourself too thin. Get organized. Get down. Well, that doesn't feel right because now I'm losing myself. So I really shouldn't go towards my reformer. I should go towards what is called five, which is the introspective observer of life, the wise one who steps back and sees patterns. So the enthusiast seven slows down, cultivates the inner life, the discipline of thinking, reflecting, and prayer, and calms the wildness mm. of the seven down. See how it works? I, I do. Uh, it's, it's an interesting balance. Well, and what's fascinating about the way you're talking about this is, because I, I had done the work and we'd done the wings, but I'd never really looked at the, the lines. The lines. But if I can tell you from COVID, from the time that I went through uh, this last two years, let's say, um, I found that as I was getting stressed, the way that I fixed that naturally for me is I started to spend time observing, as you ah. say, and so I would go to the scriptures, I would take walks in nature, mm -hmm. I would do more observing of my surroundings, and it's, so it is interesting that oh, that yes. was my natural sense, because it sounds like you know, when you're, when we're looking at the, the, the thing here, the one is kind of where I go for stress, which is that reformer, I get stressed out, yeah. but the five is where I went to for de-stress or finding a little bit more health. Well, amen, feather, fellow seven. <laughs> because yeah. COVID, which I don't, COVID is a horrible thing and we don't wish it hadn't happened. But what's happened with many people who are overextended, whether they're sevens or other types, overextension is a problem in our age. Yeah. Doing too much, too fast, too quick. So actually the COVID crisis helped a lot of people pull back 
and grow and nurture from within. So that benefited many people, even yeah. though it is a tragedy. How can we grow within if we're spread too thin? And the seven to the five is an example, but you could take any of these numbers and go to these points of growth. And, and I think strength. looking at the chart again, if we look at this, yeah. we see that if you were an eight, you know, mm -hmm. it, if I understand this right, the stress point is usually the going around the wheel. It's going to be the first one. So the stress mm -hmm. and then the de-stress. So like an eight might be stressed looking at a two, but a five is the de-stress. Is that right though? How, well, see, how that's that interesting you said that because I'd have to look at the chart because this is to an know. area that's much more complex. It yeah. might be that the eight going to the five is more is stress. More stress. Okay. Uh, this is where, and this is a follow-up that we can do with your folks about the, because that, that has not been covered in the Wednesday night series. Right. Because it's a little more complicated. It, is. it sounds like it might be worth letting people know what are their stress and growth points for their Christian walk. Absolutely. I think we're on the same uh, Well, I do too. Well, actually, that actually leads to like the next question. <laughs> so that was a pretty good segue. Um, I really want to talk about, we talked about the numbers and we've, we've kind of done a lot of data mining, right? We've, yeah, we've learned like, a lot about I like the, the way the data mining. Data mining. Really we've just got a lot of data. But yeah. now, what I'd like to do is just take a few minutes and talk about application. application. Um, can we talk a little bit? Can we share with the congregation now that we know our numbers, or now that we understand the way some of this works, what are some ways that we can apply what we've learned? For example, how have you seen the Enneagram work in people's relationships? Are there? And, uh, may we start with my wife? And again, she, <laughs> sure. she may be watching this, yeah, yeah. But, but we've co we've covered this many times, the two of us. Uh, uh, yeah, my wife, we're very bound in Christ. We have a very simpatico in many things, but our types are quite different. Okay. So therefore, my enthusiast. My number seven wants to go out and live the day. She says, Frank, I love that about you, but you've got to slow down. You need to nurture within, but plus for me, if you love me, then you'll pay attention to the fact that that's not my style and type. Therefore, when you wake up in the morning and you talk like this, <laughs> I need an hour and a cup of coffee okay. before you say much to me. Okay. We learned that the second year of marriage, All right. and we practice it regularly because I'm ready to seize the day. And she right. says, oh, I'll seize it, but I need about three hours to do that Okay. because she's more reflective, more quiet, more pensive, and what well, she'll get going now. Sure. But she's got to find her pace, so our marriage has been strengthened. Okay. <clears throat> Example number two, the life of the church. Let's say you're a loyalist, which is style type six. Okay. Loyalist, protective, strong in the faith, and courageous for the people you love. So your church family is a tight-knit family. That's okay. great. The visitor comes to church one Sunday. Okay. And uh, who's going to welcome the visitor? Well, you might have visitors out there, but it might be that if you're this style, you might kind of, wait a minute now, we of course welcome people, but they're not a part of our family. Hmm. So that's what you have to watch of the, because the eight becomes protective and afraid of the threats of the world. What if that person coming in is a threat to us? Could be, but are we not supposed to welcome the stranger? So someone who is the two type, the style of helper, might okay. jump up and go, well, excuse me a minute, I need to go greet someone. The person who's the uh, six might go, they're leaving our group. Hmm. But this is tight knit, who is that person? Aren't we supposed to welcome the stranger within? So those two people, the style six and the style two, might not have gotten along so well. Oh, okay. So the insight is, wait a minute, you know, my sister there, who's more of a two, more of a helper, has a point. I'll still protect my flock, but I need to open up and be more open. And the two might appreciate the loyalty of the six. These are examples of where we come to know each other, not just the numbers, but the, but the way we live yeah. is real helpful. No, I appreciate that because it, it just helps put some flesh on this yeah, a little bit. It helps us understand. And, and when you understand someone's a six, or you understand someone's a yeah. two, or you understand they're an eight, whatever it is, then it helps you yeah. 
kind of gives, I heard you say space or something, it helps you give, give some space, give space for each other, yeah. right? And let me say a word uh, about the reformer, number one. Practical, idealistic, ethical policies and procedures. Okay. Do it by the book, okay? okay? That's great. And every church needs those, don't they, Doug? Uh, they do, they absolutely do. You've yes. got to have the people that care about the facilities, about the rules and regulations, and want structure and integrity in the church. That's great, but that's not all there is to a church. Right. There's people, there's sensitivities. Yeah. So you value the people that are in that stream, and boy, put them on those personnel and policies procedures Absolutely right. and where their gifts are. Yeah. Uh, but don't put them in a place where they can't grow, or maybe they can grow, but they don't belong at that time. And that becomes an issue for the church. Yeah. Where do people belong in the church so that their style, their life in Christ, who they are created by God, your soul, your personality, your true self can really benefit the life of the church mm. and the one who is growing. And that's the fascinating part of what could happen at Wayne Presbyterian Church well, as you grow the family. Yeah, and, and I, I think what that actually leads me to another question, which is it's we talked a little bit about how do relationships, I mean, real quick, right. we've delved into that. But now you're kind of talking about faith. Yeah. What can the, what the, what can the Enneagram teach us about our faith or how can it, how can it share with us? Yeah. Uh, what can we learn from the Enneagram mm -hmm. to grow in our faith? Like, how do we take this data mining and now apply it to our faith? Well, to do that requires some vulnerability and willingness to grow. And I'm a, I assume that people all want to grow. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes growth is not what I'm quite ready for. Okay. So growth comes at different paces for different people. So if I want to grow my Christian faith and cultivate my life in Christ, which is frequently what Paul talks about, life in Christ. Christ within, then I need to be able to be vulnerable and let go and look at those issues of life maybe I've swept away before. So my what's called my false self or my wounded part of me that's really stuck in somewhere, a resentment or a defense, can I let go of that to grow in Christ? And the Enneagram can help get rid of the barriers and the wounds that hold us back from whatever, childhood or unfortunate situations in life to grow forward. So the Enneagram helps you find out where that false part is and where the true part is. Discernment. Yeah. It's the tool of discernment. We've, we've talked a lot about how this is really a great tool for self-discovery. Right. It's not just a tool that teaches you about yourself, but right. it really is something that can help you if you want. If you want to, go, and, and, right. and I think that's a part of it. It does yeah. require the person to want to grow and to do and, that work, as you said. And there have been times in my life where I'm tired of growth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've grown a lot. Can I slow down a little bit and reach right. a plateau? Plateaus are important, in the, in, quite frankly, in the Christian right. life where I can take a break and be eased for a while. Yeah. But then I get stuck. Yep. And I quit growing and I figure, well, Christ is maybe through with me. God is faithful to complete the good work he has begun in you. We are Christians under construction. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes the construction stops, but it never stops completely. Right. That's an interesting it is a analogy. Good, yeah, it is but good. how do we grow then after the plateau, slow down a bit, but grow forward, not backward. Grow yeah. forward in the life of Christ. Someone once said to me that the, that faith is kind of like riding an escalator. You always got to keep walking. If you stop, yeah. you just kind of that's do a, that. So you do it to keep walking. But it is, you know, there's always that that mo that forward motion for yeah. us. But God is constantly yeah. I, helping us. I move. think about the old book I read when I was young called Pilgrim's Progress. Oh yeah. Some of your people may be old enough to recognize <laughs> that. But Pilgrim's Progress to me seems kind of antiquated now and old school. And yet, the Pilgrim is progressing. Yeah. And there's ups and there's downs. Yeah. And there's a, there are some downs in the Christian faith, sure. Christian life. You're going to have tough times. And sometimes you've got to just hang on. But through those, growth can, the gift of growth 
under the leadership of the Holy Spirit mm. and under the authority of Scripture. We, we need to about. keep talking about yeah. under, all of this is wonderful stuff, but under the authority of the Scripture, under God's grace, and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, grace abounds, yeah. and it should cap it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we have been talking as a church for the last couple of weeks. I quoted Andy Stanley last week. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy has a quote, and I've shared that with you. Oh, it's yes, there. Yeah. It says, uh, following Jesus makes life better and makes you better at life. And mm -hmm. I just really loved oh, yeah. uh, what he was saying about that. And as we're learning to now follow Jesus, um, you know, we have this work that's ahead of us. You know, learning about ourselves, how can we right. use this tool, the Enneagram, and be better at life? Do you have any kind of thoughts I do. on that? Well, that's a great statement, and I'm very much for being disciples of Christ and following Christ. Let me be clear about that. This is great. But what I see happening with many Christians is they'll do this, but then when the work of transformation comes, they'll be looking for Christ for leadership, as they should, but Christ will turn and go, well, I've called you to be my friends, not just my slaves and servants. That's what John says. Yep. So therefore, let's step up and follow me, but I want you to participate with me in the coming kingdom. So then we seize this feeling, wait a minute now, we are following him, but disciples are about transformation and being in partnership with Christ to bring about the kingdom. In partnership, and Paul refers to us as co-creators. Now, when I first heard that term, I said, wait just a minute here, God's the creator, but we help to create opportunities for the kingdom to grow. So we need to be full participants in the life with Christ. He is in charge. Never, if you forget that, the whole thing falls apart. Yep, yep. The master is there. But the master says, hey, you're at the back of the room. Come on up here. Walk with me yes. into the coming kingdom. And your gifts and skills that I've given you, the capacities that the Enneagram identifies, are already in you. Yep. So grow your true self with me as your final guide. Man, I love that. Isn't that, that great? That's a great picture. I love what you shared oh, there. Yeah. Um, well, I know you're going to be in Alabama preaching when we're doing this, but I am so grateful you could take time and, and meet with us beforehand. And so have a safe trip. And oh, this has been great. I'm looking forward to watching this because it will be online. It will be online, yeah. So I can watch it later on, but not while I'm preaching at another church. There, <laughs> no, is, an, there is an hour difference between the two services, but I think that might be pushing it no, for I me. Think, I think it might I be. I think I'll watch it at a different time. Um, and we will likely have you back. I know you're talking with uh, the Presbyterian yeah. doing some stuff, so we'll find yeah. some opportunities yeah. when you're back in the area. and. Uh, maybe even, like you said, continue with the circle and we just seeing see the points of go. growth and stress. Yeah. That would be worth yeah. exploring maybe in the congregation. Yeah. Where can I grow, leave behind, de-stress, and go towards what's eustressed? And clinically, that means positive adrenaline growth in God. Yeah. The yeah. good part. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. So, Frank Willis, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being thank here. You. Appreciate it. Very absolutely. Nice. Thank so, thanks. That's Frank, for those of you who did not get a chance to meet uh, him when he was doing his work with us. Um, he closed with something that I wanted to close our time with, and Frank was talking about uh, pretty much what we've been talking about for the last several uh, weeks, which is to say that the Enneagram is a great tool, but it has to be submitted. It has to go under the authority of, and he added something. I've been saying scripture, but he brought us to the point of reminding us that it's not just the Enneagram is submitted under Scripture, but it's under the authority of Jesus Christ. And uh, why that's so important is because it's a tool, but if we, if we forget that Jesus is in charge, then the, as Frank said, the whole thing falls apart. And I really like the way he said that. So this can be a great tool for us to learn about ourselves and self-discovery. Hopefully, this has been a good journey for those of you who have taken the time to do the, do the quiz and maybe take the, the, the Wednesday groups if you can. Um, I want to put a Scripture verse up here for you to look at. 
And this is the verse I want to close us with. And if you remember, in the very beginning of this whole time, we looked at King Solomon. And King Solomon was this man who asked God for wisdom, and God granted him wisdom. And uh, out of King Solomon's words, this is one of the things that Solomon said. He said, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And this past week, I was listening online, or rather listening to the... Uh, uh, listening to the radio, and the DJ on the radio was doing an interview, and in that interview, what's up? Over here, sorry guys, back on the camera, for the folks on the camera. Um, pardon me, I'm, I'm all congested. Uh, so in the interview, the, uh, the interviewer said they defined fear. They said often when you go to the, the, the Webster's Dictionary and you look for the definition of fear, it's, it's this negative. We're afraid, being afraid of something. It's always negative. And she says, really, but fear is not a negative. She said, fear is really kind of a neutral statement. It can be positive or it can be negative. And I thought, where is she going with this? This is interesting. And she said, um, she said, I define fear as something that you realize is more powerful than you. Like, okay. So, for example, she said, you know, if you think of, like, now it's Halloween, fear of, like, Halloween stuff and scary goblins and, you know, all these kind of things. You're afraid that you walk into the haunted house because it's more powerful than you. Or she said, you know, you are afraid of your, you're losing your job because someone is more powerful than you. Um, you know, so I was going along the lines, but she said, but you could also be afraid as you're about to jump out of an airplane with a parachute on, right? You're afraid because gravity is more powerful than you. There's this fear, but there's also this, once you do that, there's this exhilaration, there's this thrill, there's an excitement that goes on. And then she applied it to God. And she said, God is clearly more powerful than, than you are. And so when you come to a passage of this and we're saying, fear of the Lord, what does that mean? How, why am I supposed to be afraid of God? That's not what it says. It says, fear of the Lord, respecting the fact that God is more powerful than you. Understanding that God is bigger than you. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. When we take all that we've learned and we submit it under the fear of the Lord as the foundation of wisdom. We gain all this, but it has to be put in perspective. And so that's how I want to leave us, is that maybe we'll have Frank back, or I don't know if our times will line up, but, but regardless, I hope that this has been a time for you to explore, to do self-discovery, to go on a journey of understanding yourself better and understanding you as God has made you to be. Fear of the Lord understanding that God is bigger than us and understanding that he has given us all that we are, our personalities, our, our, our passions, our joys, our concerns. All of those things are within us. They are given to us by God. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. May that lead us as we go into the fall season and into the rest of our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you <clears throat> for this uh, wonderful day. We thank you for the gift of, uh, of the Enneagram. We thank you for Frank and for him sharing his time with us. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, be honored by what we have learned here and how we apply it in our daily living. Uh, Lord, help us to apply this good judgment and this wisdom that we are gaining about ourselves as we submit it under your leadership and under your lordship. We pray this all today in Jesus' name. Amen.